Neon Show. It's Max, and I'm with Kelly Talbot. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Max. Yeah, great. Uh, a lot of great artists always have really good stories about how they got started. And one of the things I always ask is, you know, with you, is where did where did painting signs all come from? Well, um, you know, I, I think I'm pretty normal uh, as a, as so many people um, who've been on your podcast before. Like, I wanted to be an artist as a kid. I wanted to go to art school. Um, I didn't have the funds, so I started going to com community college, um, and at every other quarter I'd quit, um, school and I'd go get a job to pay for the next quarter. Um, one of those quarters I ended up as a, a sign painter's apprentice, you know, just like a random job. Mm -hmm. Um, then I ended up getting into a program that was a, a two-year program at Seattle Central Community College, like 19 credits a quarter two full solid years, it was crazy. But um, as an artist, I, I always liked the illustrators. I always liked the realist painters, uh, illustrators they were called back then. Um, and I also started studying typography and I fell in love with typography. Um, so I just started, uh, you know, working, um, you know, going, finishing school, working, and I ended up in the snowboard industry um, doing snowboard graphics and all of that. And I kept on working for a bunch of years, but I was always painting on the side at home, you know, just, uh, with gouache and acrylic and watercolor and painting the things that I liked and that I was always attracted to. And those things were rusty old things. They were, uh, in my neighborhood in Seattle, it was like fishing boats, fishing boat motors, engines, um, rusty old chains. Um, I come from a pretty working class family. My husband at the time was driving a, a concrete truck, so I would paint his truck and all the moving parts. Um, but all this time, I was uh, still working in the snowboard industry. And every year we would go to Las Vegas for a snowboard convention. And one of those particular years, I uh, found online the Neon Boneyard. And at the time, it was really brand new and really far out of town. But I took a break one day and I hopped in a cab and I went out there. And back then, it was just like three acres of chain link fence with this green tarp, you know, kind of covering the fence. And... I met the people, all super cool. Uh, I, I paid for my tour and there wasn't enough people, so I had to pay for my whole tour group, just me. Um, and then I would, uh, I paid them a usage fee so that I, was, I told them like, I think I wanna paint this stuff. And they said, yeah, cool, no problem. Um, then I just kept going back every year that we were down there for our snowboard convention. Um, and right around the same time, I, my husband and I bought a house in Seattle so, so for the very first time, I, I got to dip my toe into oil painting. So this is like early 2000s. Um, and so it all came together at the same time. I, 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 I got to play with oil painting because of now I had space that I didn't have to put my paints away to, you know, from the kitchen table to like cook dinner and stuff. Right. Um, and so now I, I had a studio where I could paint. 
with oils. And now I had these signs that uh, were more this trifecta moment for me because it was all of the, it, it combined all the rusty stuff that I'd always loved. It combined the typography that I'd studied in school and I w was in love with as well. And then my goal was to become as much of a realist painter as I could based on all those illustrators that I'd always uh, admired, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that's pretty much how it started for me. And what's really, I think, really interesting is that, you know, did you have any idea what you're signing up for? Because when you paint neon signs, I think a lot of people listening to this are either fans of neon or, or make neon. It's fairly, you know, at first it seemed very inviting, but it's somewhat backwards. I mean, there's all these crazy transparencies and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, was it, it was just why, why was it that you brought, you know, kind of, did you have that idea that you want to do it right away? Or was it just, why isn't there more types of neon painting around? Because there's, you know, there is sort of a unique approach to how painting translates on a canvas. Yeah. Um, so why, what are you asking me? Why did I? Like, you, did you have an idea was, of like what the difficulties were, I think, when, when painting? No, kind of <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> uh, no, I had to learn that the hard way. Um, I was, I was drawn to it. You know, it, it some people like to climb mountains and they see a mountain in front of them and they're like, oh, I got to climb that. I guess to me, uh, the, the neon signs had the color, the shadows, the textures. I, you know, I just, I, I had to try and paint them. Yeah. And there's, did you have any sort of mentorship along the way? Like people that helped you kind of guide you as painting goes, or was it just all self-motivated? Um, well, I have, I am very fortunate to um, have some very uh, dear friends who've taken me under their wing. One is, uh, one friend in particular is a, a brilliant painter named uh, Michael Dees. He, uh, he lives in New Orleans. Um, and we would spend many evenings um, on the phone, sending pictures back and forth, doing virtual critiques of my work and talking about mediums and talking about uh, I don't know everything about painting, you know, and uh, so he helped me a lot because you know I didn't I didn't go to fine art school, um, but it's I, and I think he would agree. Yeah, I mean you just have to log in the hours and keep keep working every day. Yeah, and guess what's like a typical sort of process like when you are you know, creating a, a sign and you have, you know, I'm sure there's ones that are very near and dear, but are there ever ones that kind of surprise you that you picked and, you know, just trying to be your favorite because of a certain process that you figured out or? You know, sure. Kind of yeah. Yeah. They surprise me all the time. Like there's signs that I'm in love with from afar um, because I love the sign and then they, they're harder to paint because uh, they don't always translate to a painting. Um, and then there's the little surprises that I, I, I stumble across that like, eh, that guy's okay. But then I get him into a painting and I'm like, yeah, he, that, like, that's, that's what I wanted. Um, yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's true of like other artists too, you know, you, you try to find that zone. I don't know if like for writers, it's a writer's block. Um, you know, what, what separates that moment where you're able to kind of just get through it? Cause some painters really struggle with that. And I think other artists too, they, you know, finding the uh, kind of the through way to kind of getting something finished, you know, cause I'm the sure moods, they kind of go yeah. on. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's most important 
you know, I, I, I'm in my studio every single day. I'm working no matter if it's a hard day or an easy day. Some days are, are definitely easier as any artist knows. Um, but you're, you're down, you're doing sketches, you're doing research, you're doing varnishes. Like even if you're not totally in the zone, if you're touching the work, you, you engage. And that usually, even if it takes you a couple hours to get in, into that mode, you, at least, at least for me, like that helps me transfer into uh, what's next. And I'm always thinking um, when I'm, when I'm driving and collecting the signs, like that is, uh, that is the part that's very inspiring to me. Um, and then once I get into my studio, I, I pretty much know, uh, like what painting wants to be on what size of a canvas and how I want it to look. So that's where I feel like I'm, I'm clocking in the work hours and the inspiration is probably more in the discovery and the moment of where I've found the sign. Mm -hmm. And, you know, seeing as that you're a big fan of neon, you know, is there, you know, is it easy to kind of lose touch of what's, I guess maybe, and do you paint from photograph or is it from memory? Like, how does it, how does it work? Oh, no. Yeah, I have to do, yeah, I have to do, uh, um, I have to reference my photographs. One, because I've never touched neon to, to bend it in my life. Um, and the way that I paint, I, I hope, I, I hope, and I'm always trying to get better to be as realistic and as true to, um, the craftsmanship of the person who built that sign, who, who touched it. Um, I hope to keep that integrity. So because I am not a neon sign, a neon bender, I, um, the photographs show me how, how the tubes bend, where they go into the sign. Um, you know, I, I can see the metal, how it's been uh, cut and, and screwed together and, and, all of that. Uh, so photo references, and I'm a horrible photographer, but um, I work, I take a lot of different pictures of signs and I put them together to my composition. And then I use my artistic license. Like I don't have to have all the supports and um, uh, you know, wires and backgrounds that a photograph and the, and the sign would actually require. So I get to take a little liberty and take away some of that stuff. Right, which, you know, I mean, the oil on canvas, it's its pretty impressive, I think, for, you know, listeners haven't seen this, uh, we'll put some sh links in the show notes, of course, and um, put some pictures, because it's pretty interesting how all the silhouettes, I mean, you're able to capture quite a bit, I mean, from someone who's obviously handled glass, installed it, and been a part of it, and bent glass, it's its very, um, it's very attractive for all the right reasons, meaning, like, you know, I, it's cool, because it doesn't have to be this direct representation even though you're drawing on a lot of the sort of uh, fundamentals and design cues that, you know, are provided. But most importantly, you know, you, you're bringing a lot of credibility to uh, the neon establishment because it's not just sort of, you know, you setting whatever mood you want. It seems like you're taking whatever you see in the you know picture and developing it in, in kind of a really solid way and where... Cool, you know, thanks. at least yeah. for me, <laughs> you know, where you build, that's, that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah. It seems like, uh, you know, you're able to establish this kind of working on canvas where, you know, uh, someone who's more three dimensional, who's obviously bending glass. I think there's just, 
ways to interpret neon. And I think that's the most biggest important factor that I think I've taken away is that there's a high level of craftsmanship in painting as well as there is in sign making as well. And I think what I noticed was in there's certain signs that are like rusting, you're even painting like the rust. And yeah. uh, what's unique about that is there's probably, are you able to, I guess, at least uh, see the importance of a sign that's aging versus one that's brand new. And I think obviously we find that to be a little more interesting because of the history behind it, but does it ever tell you a story that's kind of at least maybe not so jazzed up as some signs look, right? Well, I, I think what you're asking me is, uh, is do I appreciate the, the rust in it? And for me, yes, that is very, I don't know if sentimental is the right word, but this is a craft that uh, at least has gone gone away for a long time um or it, it and now is coming back which i'm very happy about but i i love the fact that like old union shops used to build these signs and maintain them for 99 years um i love the the pride that people took in this work. Um, so for it to be this old, I mean, the people who made these are, you know, many of these signs that I've painted could be long gone, but their craftsmanship is still here. So um, a lot of times people say, talk about my work, that it's, it's portraits, it's landscape portraits, it's portraits of our society, um, you know, without getting too, weird about that um but to me yeah they're like the wrinkles on somebody's face the rust is the wrinkles on somebody's face yeah and i think the last bit of kind of shadow work that you do is there ever kind of like a moment where you, you think you know i wish this painting would keep going or some i'm sure you wish you'd close the door on sooner than later because of <laughs> i guess you know because there is a lot of uh a, a lot of work that goes into some of these i think specifically just the scale alone but probably because yeah, you're, you're working from, you know, one particular angle. Like I think a lot of times certain painters have more of a luxury of having their own, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, Composition. Figure, figure painting and then have their oh. own person there like posing. Whereas. Right. To make them do what they want to do. And uh, yeah, I've had to yeah. climb on top of things to get the shots I want. Mm -hmm. Or just not yeah. having it there, like yeah. physically in person. It's, it's. I think yeah. that's one of the beauties of it too. But at the same time, I'm sure it poses some unique oh, challenges. It, it definitely does. But like that, that's been really the fun part. So um, after I started um, really painting in neon and just knew that that was my thing, um, my husband and I started like whenever we had to fly to like a cousin's wedding or something, we'd go into the first biggest city and rent a car and we drive like a day early um and start just scouring whatever city we were in looking for neon signs and that led to us uh we've, we've always been um not always but for say 20 years now we've been uh going back and forth between seattle and new orleans and spending time in both cities so one year we decided that we were going to take um do do the drive rather than fly down mm -hmm. and we put a little camper bought this used like little truck camper and put it on the back of our truck and braved the snow and all of this uh <laughs> um 
all these road conditions, like, it was a lot of snow. We got snowed in quite a few times. Our heater quit working. And it, there's my husband, myself, our cat, and our duck um, all in this tiny little camper. Um, but then we were diverted from um, our route, you know, that we wanted to take. And suddenly you end up in this other tiny little town. That's how I've discovered like Vaughn, New Mexico and six of my most favorite signs just on accident. So um, I'm out there in the snow on the top of the camper taking pictures, um, you know, just it, it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I think with the travel, I think, you know, even being in Seattle, there's like, uh, you know, a few very prominent neon sign companies in the area too, with um, companies yep. like Western Neon and uh, Northwest Sign and Design. These are, you know, if you look at the history in some of these places, especially where you're talking about the travel, like you going outside of the city and finding new territories, there's, there's people that are obviously heavily involved with neon, even online that take kind of a uh, documentation type approach where they will you know, travel the world or you know, for instance we had people on the show that are are videotaping different neon artists that are bending for various reasons and under different conditions and i think it represents not only just the depth of sign making and neon in general but obviously it's it's hard to you know, kind of grasp unless you sort of do get out there and experience it and at least see some of it for yourself. And I think, you know, when, um, when you prepare, do you ever prepare, kind of over prepare for a work or you just kind of, you know, know when you get enough information to go back to the studio? Well, the, the time I spend on the road is, uh, about three weeks, uh, from Seattle to New Orleans and about three weeks coming back. So the route, is always uh it varies as much as we can and weather dependent and all of that um so i i usually have a um a list that's bigger than i can get to um you know when uh, i want it all all the time and i'll i'll still take pictures of the same sign if uh even if I'm driving by it, it's like, even if I've taken that picture 20 times, I, I could take it 20 more. Um, so I, I don't feel like I ever have enough time on the road. Um, but yeah, and then I, I get real excited to get back into the studio and start working for sure. Is there some sort of uh, like a bit of putting yourself uh, in a corner, the only kind of surefire way to make good work is sort of, um, you know, is to create like hell? Because I mean, it does seem like there's a lot to do, um, especially on the bigger campuses. What do you mean? Like in general, like, you know, sometimes it just, you take your time or is there ever kind of deadlines that you have to get through? Because neon vendors always talk about, you know, there's a lot of uh, preparation that goes into sign making, but for painting, it seems like a more of a, it can be meditative, but you have to meet certain deadlines for like shows. Oh, and stuff yeah, like for shows. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, that, I, I have... I have good deadlines and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I have, I have a pretty big deadline looming right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard to track that. I think for artists, especially anyone listening to the show or just people who are fans of making things, it's hard to pace yourself because you realize how much you like to do something, but it's sort of like a badge of honor to get it done. I think that's something that, you know, artists don't really always bring up, but it's an extension of making things, you know, that always, kind of helps other people hear how other people make work. Yeah, I, 
I still think of this as, as a job. I mean, it's a good job. It's a hard job. Um, but I have to go to work every day and produce. So I try to, I try to keep myself on that track. Um, you know, like if I have a show, it's usually booked a year or so out. And I know that I have to work that entire time to meet the amount of work and have the body of work that I, I want to present a year from now. Yeah. And, um, I think, is it easy? Have you learned, um, how do you suppose artists can take advantage of their, of, you know, whatever value proposition they have to keep, you know, to keep measuring themselves against, you know, that idea of trying to get, uh, things, you know, money through the door and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure you're able to do or do commissions or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I usually can fit in, uh, depends on the year, but I love doing commissions. Um, they can be challenging uh, because you are trying to pull something out of somebody else's head, and um, you know that there, there's a part of me that can do that because that goes back to my days of living in the snowboard world and doing graphics for people. So, like, uh, part of my brain can understand that, but at this point in my life, like I want to, I want to paint the paintings that I want to paint them the way that I want to paint them. So, um, working with people, uh, talking through commissions and stuff like that, uh, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, for, for the most part it, it works out and I'm, I'm happy to do commissions. Mm -hmm. I think it's good that, you know, you're able to tell yourself how things work and, and how things have, you know, kind of come together in the past because, you know, even with like the younger generation of artists that are interested in neon, I think, is there anything that you could say that comes to mind from like a painter sense that's helped you kind of, you know, channel your work in a, in a positive direction? Positive direction for myself or financially or which way are we going? Um, yeah, just for, I guess for maybe from a financial point of view. Um, well, I think that you have to find your own voice. You have to find the thing that you want to paint and that you can paint the best. Um, that like, committing your committing the time to it is the most important. And then if you if you find, uh, I mean, it's hard. Like I could give you opposite examples, almost easier. You know, like when we all start out drawing we copy this, this, and this, and it's like this buffet medley. And that's a good place to start because you're experimenting with mediums and you're exper experimenting with subject matter. And hopefully over time, you're honing what is your voice. And once you find that, um, then you just work really hard at trying to, to do it the best you can. Yeah, good advice. I think, I think it's a light bulb uh, at some point. Mm -hmm. And I think there's obviously people uh, approach it differently, but mm -hmm. I think that, you know, with, um, with painting, what I notice is that there's different, you, you have different sized canvases and is there one that you feel best represents a sign? I mean, obviously it must be hard capturing something that's really big in real life and kind of you know, pulling it down into a, a canvas. Well, I, I like the the way that I get to play with that um, because my canvases range. Uh, I always, at most of my shows, I have um, like an armful of little twelve by twelve panels, and then they range uh, up to um, 
sitting next to a 48 by 72 right now. Um, I, and I like playing with that scale because you don't really know how big the sign is when you're viewing the painting. So I can make a small painting big, I can make a big painting small, I can zoom in on a lovely little section of a sign and just focus on that or just a letter. Um, I, I like going back and forth with all that. That's definitely not something that I've ever felt has been a hindrance. Yeah, and it does seem like you do have um, different ways of dealing with things, you know, whereas with a, like a neon bender, it's, you know, either you make the glass correct the right way or you have to rebend it all over again. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's very grounded in reality, but there's a very kind of, I guess you could say evolution, right? Like where, you know, you do something and then in relationship to that, someone tells you something else and it helps you kind of break through, um, you know, this kind of the artistic rut um where you know a distinct individual style will come together and then you know kind of correlates with this other thing going on in your life i think that you know the precision that it takes to to really paint at your level of, of neon um requires you know mistakes along the way i'm sure that you know oh, each there's time. plenty of them yes yeah <laughs> there's plenty yeah i mean beginning with that it's you know, there's a lot of rejection in, in neon uh, bending and, and kind of the dominant force between glass. I mean, there's people who talk about, oh, I, I, you know, somebody did it and they were a natural. But I think for a lot of people, um, you know, even for the, the viewers that kind of go up and just look at neon in general, they kind of wonder how it, it works and all of that. I think it's it's in their favor to kind of show how your, your painting comes together. And you take a lot of um, kind of like pictures of in development, you know, you do show the end product in a lot of ways, vehicle product, but artistic uh, vision. But when, you know, do you ever kind of look at it along the way and it changes and you're wondering how it's going to all work itself out? Yeah, um, th there are there are paintings that surprise you. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying, like, I might be in love with a sign and then I get it up on my canvas and I've really got to work the sky because there's so much blue in the sign that I've I've got to balance out all that color. Um, things like that. Those are th those are always projects that are in process, and you know I work on probably four, five, six paintings at a time. So I have the moments to set that one painting aside and and kind of take peeks at it you know, from the corner of my eye while I'm working on something else and decide, you know, what, what I need to do with it. And then, then some come together a lot easier than others. Uh, I think that's just the nature of it. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, embracing that influence too, is that you know, you're not competing with it. at the same time, there is sort of this push and pull between um, one genre of art where, you know, photorealism is really an attempt to produce something quite realistic, but at the same time, there's something very um, fluid. I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's only something that can be put on canvas, whereas, you know, the sign is, is stuck in its own way. You, you kind of immortalize it, at least painting does for in a really interesting light because you're kind of reclaiming some of that and then also celebrating the past. I think there's something historical about your work too. It's it, There was a moment, I think, in Neon Signs, these old hotels and, um, you know, motels that are on the road, like Route 66 mm -hmm. and all these things, you know, there's a generational gap, but I think a lot of people are noticing that there's 
familiarities in all this work. You know, there's a modern twist to it. And I think it's kind of helped me on kind of break out of this urban decay where, you know, for a long time it was sort of depicted as this uh, kind of uh, loss uh, kind of, you know, item where, you know, as impressive as it was, it became almost too prevalent. And then for whatever reason, we had this kind of gut reaction to get rid of it all or, or right. at least, you know, <laughs> so despite, right. well, yeah, which is, which is, I'm sure human nature, you know, yeah, the yeah. opposite of what we have uh, from time to time. That's, that's pretty common. Um, yeah. In, and all across America though, in the tiniest little towns, uh, you know, that's what, that's why I liked getting out on the road. Um, you stumble across these little gems that are just tucked away in the tiniest little town. And I love, I love visiting them and seeing them in their natural habitat. Mm -hmm. And despite all the obvious like skill it took to make them, you're still able to appreciate it and really bring a, a level of, of intensity to, you know, not only depending on these old signs, but also kind of cheating death because some of them will go away, you know, like yeah. in forever yeah. gone and where, you know, they'll kind of live on in, in your work. And so I think it's really cool to to be able to kind of give it another <laughs> fresh, uh, you know. Right. It, another another life form. Uh, yeah. It has, yeah. Th and that's happened quite a few times. And on this last trip, actually, there was a, a sign that I came across in Weed, California, that I would um, I would photograph every year. And, and this last trip through, they had finally replaced their sign and they took this one down. So um, I'm, I'm putting him in my, I'm, I'm putting a portrait of that sign in my, in my show. I just feel sad that that guy's gone. Yeah. And, and when you build that stuff, I think it's easy to kind of say, okay, well, I'm just going to do this. But yeah, I mean, for people that made those signs, you know, it's, if they ever saw that, I'm sure they would totally trip and, and, and totally love the fact that you're giving them so much, you know, lateral movement, you know, because as we oh, imitate. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I'd like yeah, to think sure. so. <laughs> well, hyper-realistic, hyper-realists also solely use references. And I think they aim to create like a, I guess like a, a very unique rendering, like I told you earlier, there's a the textures, services, lighting effects. I mean, it goes on and on. Um, do you ever kind of just, you have like, okay, I've hit my limit. Like I need to kind of wrap up on a painting or does it do some ruins kind of keep going? Um, I think that's one of the hardest questions any of my painter friends like we, we talk about that a lot like when do you know a painting is done so I think you have to listen really hard to the painting and um, in, in the sense of like if I do anything else to it will it make it better um, because it's really easy to overwork a painting it's really and, and then it loses something um, so if you can always ask yourself that question, like, am I, am I ready to stop here because it's, it's great or good or you feel satisfied, whatever, you know, you want to put in there. Um, there, there, there's always a tendency, like we're, we're working so close to our canvas, you know, nobody's ever that close. Um, you step back, you look, you look at the sky, you look at the composition, you look at um, the color, like does it have, does it, does it say what I want it to say? And, and I think then if you can answer yes, then you can say that you can be done with that guy and, and move on. Yeah, absolutely. And, 
I think I've come to realize there's a certain vulnerability in, in developing your own style, you know, where at certain points it feels uncomfortable, but, you know, once you get to the point where, you know, you know what you're doing and you know the vision, I mean, there's a, there's a high level of, I guess, for me, when I see your work, it is like a, a strong sense of what you're going to do next, you know, there's no question, okay, now this sign is done, let's get to the next one. And uh, I guess that's what makes me excited is that, you know, I'm really, um, looking forward to seeing what you do next there's is there any kind of shows that are coming up or new work that we should be looking out for yeah well so i have um my my biggest show to date is uh is coming up september 5th 2019 at the seattle art museum sales and rental gallery and i've been working on this show a long time um and i expect to have probably 29 or 30 pieces for this show wow that's awesome. Yeah, it's a and, lot. <laughs> yeah, and for people in the Seattle area that are listening, you know, you just uh, if you look up online, I'm sure it'll come up, or just check mark that day to to kind of say you're going to get down there. Um, anything that you know we can do online, I think you have your Instagram as well, um, which is yep, yep, and um, I also have uh, over the last couple of years um, of being back in, you know, going back and forth from New Orleans. Um, I have work at a gallery down there now too. It's called Cole Pratt Gallery. Um, so I'm very excited to be represented by an amazing gallery in New Orleans. So now I'm bi-coastal that way and it, it works out really well for me. Yeah, fantastic. And um, I'll put links in there too. Uh, obviously, I really appreciate you coming on the show and explaining kind of what you're uh, painting is all about and just your love for neon i thank you for for coming on oh thanks so much for having me it's an honor really i love your podcast thanks hey guys hope you enjoyed that show if you haven't done so please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice we have a lot of great neon guests coming up and as always thanks for listening <laughs>